0: Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. State Department is pulling an agent that specializes in responding to escalated cartel activity. This is not my department. Today's is an exciting day. We're going to talk about the movie Sicario, which in Spanish translates to Hitman. It's not a news story. In fact, Denis Veneuve said he wasn't bringing anything new to the tale about cartels in Mexico and the united states but it's a story about fighting the cartels in a new way an out of the box illegal way O'Toole, what say you about this film
1: the thing that stands out more than any other with sicario is emily blunt for me it truly shows the range of her acting because she is so funny and here she is so good at not being funny and showing the internal struggle of her character so hats off to emily blunt
0: well what about the movie as you know the plot and the the entire force of the movie in front of you, Did you did, what did you feel about that?
1: My answer is still Emily Blunt, because I'm sure you've heard that potential backers for the movie offered the writer, Taylor Sheridan, more money if he changed Emily Blunt's character to a man. And she was pretty much the only woman in the movie. I went because Emily Blunt starred in it, and Emily Blunt has said that she loved that she got a part where she got to be graded on her career. and She didn't have to sit still, but she still got to be a woman. There were many things I liked about the movie. I thought the acting was very strong. I thought the storytelling was very visual. The cinematography was very strong, all of which we can discuss later. But I think the weakness is in the editing.
0: I think it was too long. Huh. Um, I didn't. I didn't find it too long, and in fact, I found that you're right. For an action-packed thriller, the different scenes were extended. That you know, normally much longer than they normally were. But for me, that really worked, and so I didn't mind the longer length. I felt like it actually increased the tension around the scenes, and. I found it really, really compelling, and I think it's what made it a better movie than some of the other dramas around it, but also we have to talk about the opening scene of this movie where it it, it you know it looks like it's going to be your typical drug uh, drug raid on a house in Arizona, and instead it almost goes into a horror movie. I mean, it is so powerful what lies behind the walls of this house that that it it really did it turned into what was a horror movie, you know when you were really expecting your typical you know let 's raid another house and find either uh, hostages or or drugs
1: The storytelling was very visual. And it opened with a very strong scene showing the evils of what they were up against. And I want to give a shout out to the screenwriter, Taylor Sheridan. Oh my God, you must. It's not surprising to me that he's an actor. You'll recognize him from Sons of Anarchy and from Veronica Mars. And so unlike several Hollywood movies we've seen recently that I kept saying were bogged down with exposition, this one was very visual. But I wish that Thelma Schoonmaker... Had been the editor. She won, of course, three Oscars for editing Raging Bull, The Aviator, The Departed. She always works with Martin Scorsese, and most recently on the movie We Loved Learning to Drive. Um, But I think the movie could have been even tenser. And
0: heightened more if the editing. Oh gosh, had been I, I don't think I could have taken any more. I really don't. For me, it was just so filled with the extended uh, uh, fear of waiting for something to happen, and they may, he makes you wait in every scene, and it doesn't disappoint. And so I felt that the tension was extremely strong. Did you
1: feel that the tension was extremely strong throughout, or in parts? Because there were parts no, where I, I have it to was tell you really there wasn't well a scene. St-
0: yeah, I felt like the entire film. Was a new way of presenting an action drama, uh, you know, kind of film, that you know, with a lot of shoot 'em up, you know, definitely. But it, he extended every scene. I mean, I can give you a couple of examples when they're in the cars and they're driving into Mexico. And they're watching a car that's paralleling them on another road next to their road. And they show it four, five, six times. Mm-hmm. When normally in another action movie, they would have shown it twice maybe, but he just keeps going, going, going with it. And you can hear, you can, you know, her fear is palpable. Spotter vehicle, left lane. Spotter vehicle,
1: at 9 o'clock. Hit weapon out.
0: Emily Blunt, for sure, when we talk about the, the actors in this film, you know, she's going to be one of the main things I want to talk about. But in terms of how she was part of the plot of Waiting, 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 and, you know, they took a lot of dialogue that had been written for this film, they took it out.
1: Which they should.
0: No, I mean, I think they took it out to build the characters a little stronger. Like, for example, they took out supposedly um, uh, Benicio de Toro, uh, 90% of his his uh, dialogue is removed from the film, and the reason was, and he's the one who pushed forward on this, is he felt that this particular character would not have revealed so much of himself to the other characters so early in knowing them. So basically he said, really, I'm, I need to be the mystery guy and I'm not going to speak a lot. So they did pull a lot of the dialogue out, which I think was, you know, made all this, the scenes all the more rewarding. For sure.
1: Um, however, watching Sicario, it made me miss the TV show The Bridge. The U.S. adaptation yeah. of the sketch Which, a, which as you know,
0: I was not a fan of that. That's so funny.
1: And I thought that the bridge did a better job of showing the characters huh. in an even richer way. The bridge was infused with graceful touches of humor, and I think it showed the cross-cultural dynamic even better. I thought it gave us a better sense of what life was like in Juarez, and it gave us a better sense of the characters. Um, Because in Sicario, what appealed to you, to me, I think, was... um, its one weakness is that if you don't lay in any levity at all you run the risk of disconnecting your audience because it can become one note grim and for me it's hard to sustain fear for that
0: long yeah i didn't see any levity needed or frankly i would have found it offensive if they'd layered it in and the other thing about the bridge though is it's about that the bridge is about a police officer in mexico and a police officer in the united states trying mm-hmm. to uncover uh, murders around you know they this is about mercenaries and hitmen and and fbi agents and uh, black ops people and it's about you know, personal relationships, and it's about a woman uh, trying to...
1: personal relationships? Did I miss that part? Well,
0: the personal relationship between Del Toro and Josh Brolin, I think, is a very important one. And also, I think the personal relationship between Blunt and her partner was very important, too, as they were struggling to sort of... I think there were a lot of personal relationships in this.
1: I think, again, this goes back to my point where I think the acting was commendable. Um, but the movie that I think handled this theme the best that I've seen was Steven Soderbergh's Traffic, for which Benicio del Toro won his Oscar. And I think what appealed to me even more about Traffic was that it showed the consumption of drugs As another true antagonist.
0: See, and I well, that was true. I mean, Traffic was a great film, but Traffic was about the drugs. I felt that this film was about the victims of the cartels. And actually, in an interview with the director, um, he talks about that too, and he says that, you know, this could have been the Middle East, it could have been Africa, it could have been anywhere. It wasn't. It, it's about it's about the victims of drug trafficking and the things around it. He also said that um, that he was struggling between trying the the use of suggestion in directing and combining that with going all the way for full impact. And he felt that it was a really hard road for him to travel on that. And that um, and that and I think that's the difference between this and traffic is traffic's in your face through the whole thing. This has this nuance of suggestion around it and what the characters are going through in a way that I didn't find traffic, you know, traffic to do. So um, I I think I think they were very, very different films.
1: And Sicario, I almost felt that it was an excuse to show a lot of violent behavior with no resolution because no one really knows how to slay this monster. Um, it's interesting when you talk about the victims.
0: Everyone in, in this film is damned and soiled. When they're hanging from bridges uh, to tell an entire town, this is a bad guy. And it's a very, very powerful message to the entire town. The victims are the people living where the cartels are, are doing their business. And so to me that was that was what this movie was about was about the you know the people in the surrounding areas and actually Emily Blunt was a good personal example of quote one of the victims where she'd gone in and raided for a couple of years you know but made no made no inroads in changing Uh, The way drugs were laid out. So, you know, she, in a sense, was a victim also between handling herself in a legal, quote, right way, uh, and getting nowhere versus these, these people that swooped in with, you know, in a lawless way, that were clearly, as they kept saying, shaking, you know, rattling the, rattling the tree.
1: Well, what you liked about it, I thought there wasn't enough of. So you referenced the people in the town. There were very few scenes where you showed anyone in the town, which, again, is what I liked about the bridge. I thought you got a sense of the people in Juarez.
0: I thought about... People riding through those towns with bodies hanging like that. I felt like the way when I drive into New York, if bodies were hanging from bridges like that, I, you didn't need to show me the people responding that for me to feel it. But in addition to that, even when they were, you know, I think the best scene in the movie is when they're returning to the United States with their hostage, which I don't understand why they didn't go in with the helicopter and get him, but whatever. Um, okay, so they're returning and they're, and traffic has stopped and the paranoia builds because they don't know if the these cars that are inching up around them are good guys or bad guys, and in the end, some of them are bad guys and they get out and shoot them and Then if you look at the faces and the cars around, the fear in the cars that are around them, which have families and young children, those again are the victims of of watching this, I think they—I think they showed up a lot. I do. I
1: thought that scene was very strong, but I would say the majority of the scenes showed Emily Blunt, Benicio del Toro, and Josh Brolin. But when you talk about the richness of the characters, the acting was so powerful. Did you get a sense of why any of these characters were drawn to the careers
0: they were drawn to? I, I just didn't feel like I needed to know that. It was, I never once wondered what her personal history was. You know, whereas in other in other in other movies, I definitely have, but but it's interesting because I think, did you like the film? Are you glad you went?
1: I'm glad I went. It's not my genre, but I think Emily Emily Blunt made the movie. Something that Emily Blunt said I thought was so intriguing. She said to prepare for the role, she met with several female FBI agents, and there was one that stood out. She was incredibly bright, but also shy. And Emily Blunt thought that's intriguing. I'm going to go with that characterization. And I think that really just added layers to her character.
0: Yeah, and she also said in that same interview that the woman was a loner. And the the woman felt to her like she was a loner. So she was shy, and she was smart, and she was a loner. And I feel like that was enough. I didn't need to know the backstory behind that. So I thought she was amazing. The other woman who was able to do it is Jennifer Garner in Alias.
1: And, of course, Jennifer Garner's father, played by Victor Garber, he also made an appearance in Sicario. He is Always good. Yeah, he's good. Um, yeah, he had a very small role here, right. but impressive. I was so
0: grateful that Emily Blunt is as good as she is, and then I also realized about her. Did you happen to see the film, um, The Adjustment Bureau? Yes, I did with okay. Matt Damon. Okay. Did you see the scene in the bathroom, where the bathroom scene between between Damon and and Blunt? If it was in the movie, I saw it. Okay, well I, well, I guess I didn't. I guess it's not memorable to you. Okay, she she's in the men's bathroom and she comes out and and they have this moment and they end up you know kissing in the bathroom. She is so good at those unexpected huge moments and then you need relief after them and that's why she was so good in in Devil Wears Prada. We didn't see her often, but we saw her. She pouted us every single time, and it you know now she's carrying this entire film. In that same strong, sort of vulnerable, but I'm a tough girl way, in her eyes. I mean, nobody can do it like Emily Blunt. Okay, so what was the best scene in your mind? The most memorable
1: line was when Emily Blunt said, I just tried having sex with my hitman. <laughs> I think because it was that one moment of levity laced in with the seriousness of the situation.
0: Yeah. For me, the best line was they were talking about Diaz, who's the head of the cartel. Every day across that border, people are killed with his blessing. To find them would be like discovering a vaccine.
1: Yes, that was a great Oh line. my
0: God, I thought that was the line of the movie. And I thought to myself, if you never write another screenplay, you get to win for that line alone. <laughs> I've never heard, you know, I just thought, wow, that is so powerful, you know, where we could have had this whole paragraph about how this guy's killed millions of people, and, 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 and instead, to find him would be like discovering a vaccine. And I thought, uh, you know, you, that's the line of the movie for sure for me.
1: Now, when you were talking about the victims portrayed in this movie, did you think Benicio del Toro was a victim or a perpetrator? Or I, think was, was something- I think
0: he was a cross between a mercenary and... Um, And a hitman, you know, I think, and I think he was so damaged by what happened to his wife and daughter that um, he had no, you know, the emotion, the personal uh, empathy, even, you know, when he, when he uh, goes into Diaz's house, and we won't do a spoiler here, but, you know, I I felt like he was a, a cross between a mercenary and a hitman. What did you think?
1: I think it was so tangled in ambiguity that it's what left me with no hope.
0: Well, <laughs> you know, they all were. They were all damned and they were all soiled.
1: I want to give a shout out to the cinematographer. Oh, who I know. Right? Is yeah. Roger Deakins, and he has been nominated for 12
0: Oscars. Give um, me what he, for what kind of things. I'm dying to know.
1: Okay. Some of your favorites, the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, fabulous. No Country for Old Men, which also starred Josh Brolin. Skyfall. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. What did you think of the night vision sequence?
0: Um, well, it reminded me of Silence of the Lambs in the basement. You know? <laughs> which, Well, there's a, there, in Silence of the Lambs was the first time I'd seen night vision you know, glasses used that way. So, I mean, it's been around for a long time and I think it's very, very powerful. I do.
1: I thought visually it was very interesting. But again, I wished that Thelma Schoonmacher was there in the editing room because I thought it was too long. So it lost some of its effect.
0: Oh no! You know I got it, and there was not a moment in time when I thought about anything other than the movie. Okay, but Josh Brolin. Here's what I figured out about Josh Brolin. I've never liked him. And oh, really? I, well, I never thought he was a great actor. And then I realized after this movie, not only is he a great actor, but he just has not chosen well in the last few years. Some of the roles that he's accepted, this was a perfect role for him. He nailed this role. Don't you agree? Do you agree?
1: It's a great role for him because he really does have a great voice. Ah, and I think that fabulous. was used yeah. to great effect in this. Um, and I liked the fact that he chose, um, this was Josh Brolin's choice, that little smile that he put on his character. Character. That added complexity to his character Oh, because his ca- otherwise...
0: I know, like Mr. Tough Guy, but also kind fatherly guy at the same time and, you know, patient. I don't know if I got that. When he was said to her, you just have to wa- you just have to observe.
1: You didn't feel like he was using her for jurisdiction and then telling her to stay back?
0: Yeah, he was. But at the same time, he was also taking care of her, trying to make sure she didn't get killed. But the other thing is those flip-flops, ah, oh, what a powerful moment.
1: Again, they did a very good job yes, of visually summing exactly. up his character.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. DeToro, uh what, what say you about DeToro?
1: He is always good. Um, he plays this restrained, explosive, powder keg kind of character very, very well.
0: Again, the fact that he, will, he pushed to get rid of 90% of his dialogue, he had no ego in there. He was there to play the role.
1: It makes me sad to think he had to push to get rid of it because I was giving all this credit to the screenplay, and maybe I should be giving more credit to Benicio Del Toro for taking the dialogue out. You're not American.
0: What do you work for now? Why oh, go where I'm sent?
1: I wish that more directors would trust in their actors and the power of the cinematic glance because just watching the three oh, of them yeah, looking yeah. at each other on the plane, there should be more of that coming out of Hollywood today. They should not be relying on dialogue.
0: I couldn't agree more, you know. But I, I, I felt this film was really, really strong. And I do think that it sh- certainly deserves to be a contender. I always talk about an Academy Award film. Um, for best picture, needs to have every element. And cinematography, fabulous. Direction, awesome. Acting, unbelievably great. So I think this will be a contender. I think we'll see it on the list.
1: I see that you did not list editing.
0: Well, you know, I'm not not as smart as you, so the editing part never is at the top of my
1: list. Did you feel like the movie peaked at the right moment? Yes. And I know you're very big on... Endings. Did you like the way the movie ended?
0: No, I hated the ending, (laughs) but I'm not. But they don't shouldn't make an ending that I like, you know? It's like
1: I I mean, the construction of the ending. I did. I, I did. I felt like it slowed down without the great showdown,
0: which I think was the point.
1: You didn't feel like it had two endings? We ended and then we came back to Emily Blunt?
0: Well, if you're trying to say, O'Toole, that you felt that way, then you can just say that. I did not feel that way, no. I'm going
1: to go get Thelma Schoonmacher on the phone and see what she would have done with this. I felt like the rhythm
0: was off. It was not an ending I liked, and it was an ending that certainly gave me all the information I needed. I just felt like it was out of order. Wait, so so I've been dying all through this whole podcast. I've been nudging uh, O'Toole because she saw Emily Blunt uh, when we were at the... The Hamptons International Film Festival. By the way, I'm as big a fan now as you are, and I wasn't before I saw this film. Really? Yeah, I'm. I'm at. You got me. Your. You absolutely brought me over to your side of the table on this.
1: <laughs> um, yes. Well, at the festival, Janelle Riley from Variety. She had a conversation with Emily Blunt, and I want to share with you ten things I learned from that conversation because I am such a fan. Okay, here we go. You ready? Yes. Number one, Emily Blunt said her very first professional acting job was in the theater on stage when she was 17 years old. And guess who she got to act on stage with? Who? Judy Dench. I mean, does it get any better than that? Well, that is your very first Not job. if you're
0: O'Toole. You, you're, you're Judy I mean, Dench. Right? Yes, exactly. I
1: could have retired happily at the age of 17. <laughs> but what I thought was even more fabulous was she said that Judy Dench taught her that your best work can be done from a happy place. She said Judy Dench was so nice to everyone, and she's carried that with her ever since. I loved that. Okay, here's number two. Emily Blunt's mother was, career-wise... I had no idea. An actress. And she said she was so worried for Emily Blunt when she wanted to go into acting because her mother is well aware that at any given time, 95% of actors are out of work. Number three, she said although she's been so lucky with her career, she said she's fully aware that auditions can make you feel like you are nothing but she said someone gave her a great piece of advice when it comes to auditions and she said before she always went in thinking because they can be so demoralizing that these people are there waiting to see you fail and what turned her around was this piece of advice where they said no 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 no. the people in that room the directors the casting people they want you to succeed they want you to be the best that you can be so they can go home
0: interesting huh
1: number four her audition for Devil Wears Prada, I love this. She was in L.A. to audition for a different part. And then someone said, you've got to come over here and audition for this movie. And so it wasn't planned. And she was so nervous about making her plane back to the U.K. from L.A. that she said it infused the character and helped land the part because it gave her that neurotic edge. <laughs> yeah, which I, she yeah did I read so that somewhere.
0: I think that was so funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and she also said that her character in Devil Wears Prada, she based it on someone she knew. And she said to this day, they have Never realized it, which goes to show most people just never really truly see themselves. Okay, number five. Can you name the other movie Emily Blunt was in that also starred Meryl Streep? No. Okay. (laughs) Into the Woods. And she said that she found out she got the part and she was pregnant almost on the same day. So by the end of filming, Emily Blunt was hiding behind every tree in the woods. Okay. The interviewer brought up the fact that Meryl Streep claims that Emily Blunt saved her life. And I thought, what a good legacy. You know, if she didn't retire at 17 for starring with Judi Dench on stage, she could retire for this one. She told this hilarious story about how Meryl had jumped up on a table in that big black cloak. And Emily Blunt's across the room and the director and the producer are looking at Meryl and her foot got caught between the cape and the slats in the table. It was as though it we're. happening happening in slow-mo where Meryl Streep lost her balance and she starts toppling backwards. And the director and the producer just stared at her slack jawed and Emily Blunt jumped up from across the room and caught Meryl Streep. And Meryl just said, of course, it's the pregnant woman who saved me. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Okay. Number six, there was a man in the audience there at the Hamptons and he took the microphone and said he just felt compelled to point out the incredible generosity of Emily Blunt because it's something she does not advertise, but she helps fund free speech therapy for kids who Stutter, And I didn't know this, but she is one of the many actors to overcome a stutter herself. So she gets other stars um, to back the cause who face the same issue. People like Samuel Jackson, Bruce Willis, Harvey Keitel. And I thought this was so interesting. She said that many actors have realized that when you act, you're escaping into another self, and that helps you overcome your stutter.
0: Well, you know, she looks like a good person. You can't have eyes like that and not be a good person, so it doesn't surprise me at all. It does surprise me that she grew up with a stutter.
1: Number seven, she and her husband, who is actor.
0: Actor John Kaczynski.
1: Yep. Someone asked if they would be in a movie together, and she said they will be. It's an animated movie that hasn't been released yet, but it's called Animal Crackers. And they actually do the voices of a married couple. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> number eight, the most challenging role physically for Emily Blunt. Do you want to guess what it was? It's got to be Sicario. That's a very good guess. Well, it, very good guess. It but- has to
0: be because she she was just ha- she her baby was four months old. She got really sick in Mexico. It's a very physical role. Is that is that not the one? Nope,
1: it was. The vehicle with Tom Cruise, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, huh. She said in that movie, the suit she had to wear weighed more than 80 pounds. And she also said Tom Cruise said it was for him the most physically challenging role he ever played. Um, She also really sang his praises. She said Tom Cruise is a very generous actor. And she said in Edge of Tomorrow, as well as in the latest Mission Impossible movie, he lets a woman best him. And she said, trust me, not every male actor would do that. So I th- I thought that was interesting. Okay, so Hollister, here you go. Number nine, her most emotionally challenging role.
0: Uh, Sicario? Yes! Uh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's also a huge role for her. I mean, come on. She's, you know, on the screen most of the time, so it would make sense. And also... It's grueling. That's a grueling role, and a lot of it had to be done without without language. I, yeah, I can totally understand that.
1: Well, she said what made it so challenging was it was the first job where she had to do, quote, the juggle, where she had to balance her work and family life because oh. she was a new mother. She said her agent sent her the script to Sicario four weeks after she had given birth to her first child. So there she is with her newborn baby going, really, you want me to play this part? And, of course, she's so glad that she did. She said she's honored and humbled. Humbled to be part of this new wave of strong female characters that also do well at the box office. She made an interesting point. She said Hollywood movies can get so repetitive because since it's a risk-averse industry, so many movies are based on previous projects that did well at the box office. And so, you know, it doesn't exactly inspire originality. <laughs> And number 10, the last thing I learned from Emily Blunt at The Conversation With, she said she will be starring in the upcoming movie Um, based on the book. I
0: know what it is because we're going to be doing it for our litlovers.com podcast that we do. And it's Woman on the Train, right? Is that right? Girl on on the Train. Girl on the Train,
1: yes. I cannot wait for that to come out. I just think she is such a shining star. I I can't wait to see what she does with that character.
0: Well, I think she's a shining star and I'm pretty sure she's going to get nominated nominated for, for the big Oscar uh, for her I role agree. in Sicario. I do, you know, just, it, it is an exceptional role. If we look at the roles that we've seen in women, uh, in the year 2015, I think this is at the top of the list. And even though you didn't love it the way I did, do you, 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 would you agree? I
1: just wish that Thelma Schoonmacher had done the editing. Okay.
0: Well, Thelma would be very happy to hear that.
1: But you know what this reminded me of you posted, was it on Twitter or Instagram? You quoted Viola Davis in her acceptance speech.
0: I don't know. Hollister,
1: you posted it. It was Viola Davis when she won for How to Get Away with Murder. I don't
0: remember what I had for breakfast today, let alone what I posted.
1: (laughs) Hollister, I'm going to quote you. Okay. I do
0: listen to every word that comes out of your mouth. (laughs) Well, I, I better start too because I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: Okay, it was just a couple weeks ago when Viola Davis won the Emmy for How to Get Away with Murder. She said in her acceptance speech, let me tell you something. The only thing that separates women of color from anyone else is opportunity. You cannot win an Emmy for roles that are simply not there. And to circle back with my original comments, I am so glad that Taylor Sheridan stood his ground and kept one female character in his movie. And Emily Blunt got to play it and they gave her the opportunity to be the FBI agent. I think she totally nailed it. And I think it also, it goes back to what Gina Davis has been saying with her great work, um, with her Institute on Gender Equality, that people should just write characters and then give them to women, give them to men, but don't assume that they have to be male characters. Women can totally well,
0: pull off Exactly. And it's funny because I think Sicario would have been a guy's film without Emily Blunt for me. In other words, if, that had been, if Emily Blunt had been a man, I would not have enjoyed this film.
1: And I wouldn't have gone to see I it. Know, there would have been no you know, women in the movie.
0: Exactly. It reminded me of The Hurt Locker because Catherine Bigelow, a woman, was the director. I felt that The Hurt Locker had an emotional, vulnerable. I remember when he's drinking, when the snipers are up there, and he's drinking something, and he offers half of it to the to his fellow his fellow comrade uh, lying, uh, you know, next to him there were emotional moments that were based on the direction that made me want to made me enjoy that film and I wouldn't have enjoyed it if it hadn't been directed with a female perspective. So I like it when you merge men and women in these films. I think it makes a big difference. Like Martin Scorsese and Thelma Schoonmacher, a terrific team. Yep, exactly, exactly, exactly. So we do recommend the film. We didn't quite agree on all of it, but we both certainly got a lot out of it. And kudos to everyone in that film. You should all you know, sleep well at night with the perfection of your performances.